Amen. All right, let's dive in. I really have a long way to go, and I don't think we're going to get there tonight, but I'm going to try to go quickly. We're going to start with Joseph being a teenager. All right, nothing like a teenager. I've been one, I have one. Lord help us. Let me tell you, she's a good teenager. I got a good teenager. She's a good one. Amen? Amen. They're all coming up. Here they come. Look out. Look out, world. (laughs) Joseph was 17 when God began to deal with him. Not everything that Joseph did was good. We're told that he brought to his father probably regularly evil reports of his brothers. Anybody know what I call those? I call them news reports. Joseph was good for news reports. There was no way to make that look good. And this upset his dad, and it got his brothers into trouble. Nobody likes a tattletale. Nobody. So this only made his brothers angry and caused jealousy. Two things that make people a tattletale. Number one is self-righteousness, and number two is self-vindication. How many times do, do you see someone tell on the other to try to try to make them look better and to get the person that they're competing with in trouble to look bad? Joseph was self-righteous. One thing to be encouraged by this story is God can use the self-righteous. Do you catch that? We're not perfect. What does this say? You go and look at anyone that God used and he had faults. And Joseph had his, yet God's about to use him mightily. Even in all his stuff, God's going to use him. By nature, we're self-righteous. The book of Genesis tells us that Joseph brought to his father an evil report because the Bible always shows us the good and the bad of the heroes of the Bible. David, we know what his struggles were. Moses, we know what his struggles were. Abraham, Noah. You go down the line, Paul, you can see where they struggled. Why does the the word of God show us that? I believe to show us that we can relate. Not one man, except for Jesus, I can completely relate to. I can't relate to Jesus from the aspect of being sinless because I've sinned. But all these guys that that, that have made it, I can relate to all these people that we read about the women and the men of the Bible that have had strong faith and that the word of God talks about. We can relate to that's us. Even Elijah. Even Elijah and Elisha. It's encouraging to know that we don't have to be perfect to be used by God. Joseph was his father's favorite child. This could have had some advantages, but for the most part, it was a disadvantage or a detriment to him. It most certainly was not a very good thing at first, and Joseph suffered a lot because of it. Being the favorite of our parents might tend to give us a little bit of self-confidence, but it also alienates us from our peers. It, it, It separates us. Joseph had some personality and relationship problems. He was going to be used by God, yes, but he was not quite ready. Do we want to be used by God? Yes. Are we quite sure that we're ready to be used by God? (laughs) Exactly. 
What a perfect answer. I got a few no's and a few yeses. God knows whether we are. With Joseph, a lot of sorting out had to be, had to, had to be done in his personality. And I can tell you this, God can do it. God, as he prepares us to do his work, will sort out our personality defects. It's easy for us to say, I'm like this because my mom's like this. Or I'm like this because my dad's like this. I'm like this because. You see how we can justify who we are. It's easy to blame our parents for the way we are. We may be shy. We may be forward. We may be reserved. We may be arrogant. But we should never think that any personality trait or hang-up or any blemish rules us out as a messenger for God to our generation. Because God can deal with us. He certainly dealt with Joseph. A sovereign God shortly purged all the issues that accompanied Joseph's favored life. But we got to remember that parents make mistakes. That is part of life. Parents make mistakes. They have their faults. The reason that Joseph was the favorite child was partly because Joseph had him in his old age. You know, you can see it in grandparents. My mom and dad were nothing like they are to my kids, to me. Something happens. I mean, it, it's natural. I'm not trying to say they're, they're terrible. They're great. They're great to my kids. They were great parents. But they're not the same people to my kids. They're not. What a blessing they are. <laughs> oh. Honor your father and mother. You're right. They're not. Those gray hairs he's got and the hairs that he's lost has been because of me. I, I know that. I know that. But our parents make mistakes. But part of, part of Jacob loving Joseph the most was because of his old age. But that does not excuse Jacob. Not Joseph. That doesn't excuse Jacob. However, we must forgive our parents and then hope our children will forgive us. Nothing is more ridiculous than being bitter against our parents all our life. I, I, I don't know your situation, but you're not alone. I don't want to be, be offensive, but it is stupid to carry that your whole life. You are not hurting your parents. You are hurting you, and you are planting a seed for your kid to do it to you. Sow the right seed so your kids won't do it. You know, we go to function sometimes with, with in-laws, with outlaws, with everybody, so that our kids will come to ours. I, I, I hate to think it, but my kids are going to have in-laws. I'm going to have in-laws through my children, and I want them to show up. So what do we do? We sow seeds upward. We show up. We don't, we don't always want to show up for Sunday lunch, but we try very hard. But we don't always want to. It's just natural. But we do to honor them and to sow seed into them. It's great. Don't, don't get me wrong. Look, can I, I got to be real with you, right? 
What good is this if we can't get real with each other? We're trying to get real with Joseph. We know the story, but can we really get down to the honest truth? My mother cooks great. I love her cooking. But sometimes I'm wore out and I just want to go home and shut the door and go away. Not that church is bad. Just how many of you have a day like that? Yeah. Hopefully not after church. That's anyway. But it happens. It happens. But we sow seed. We try very hard. When Elizabeth's uh, dad has things, even though it's out of town, we try hard to sow seed. We, we love uh, Jean and Margaret. But sometimes it doesn't work out in our schedule and we have to make a way. We sow seed. So we've got to learn to forgive our parents. I don't read anywhere here that Joseph held any, any ill will toward his dad. How, how, why would he? He was favored. He got everything that he wanted. Let's keep going. We must take ourselves out and let God deal with us until we take the responsibility for being who we are. It's not our parents' fault who we are. Before we go forward, we've got to take responsibility for who we are. I'm like I am because of what, of my life, my experiences. My parents have poured into me. But then there comes a time where I can decide for myself how I'm going to be, right? Old Jacob, in order to show how much he loved Joseph, did what he thought was a good thing. He made him a coat of many colors, something that could be spotted for miles away. It says in Genesis 37.3, it says it was a richly ornamented robe. It means it sparkled. It had a lot of bling. This generation probably isn't there. I'm not either, but I try to, I try to reach that younger bling. You know, it's got a lot of stuff on it. But Joseph, Jacob did no favor doing this for Joseph. And worse than that, probably was Joseph wearing it. Perhaps Joseph should have gone to his dad and said, Dad, man, I love that. That is the coolest thing ever. But I'm not going outside with that thing on. We'll wear it around the house. I'll wear it when the folks, when the grandparents come over. But I'm not going to wear it outside. Someone's going to beat me up over it. I get beat up if I wore that. Have you ever said that? Have you ever watched a Christmas story and they make him make make uh, make Ralphie come down in the in the bunny suit? He's like somebody's going to be looking in the windows and see me, and I'll get beat up for that. Please don't make me wear this. But you know what? Joseph was pretty happy to wear that thing. This spoiled, arrogant teenager who was insensitive to his brother's feelings. And when his brother saw that his father loved him the most, it says in Scripture, Genesis 37, 4, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. It never says that the sons hated dad. They hated Joseph. And this was done by dad. Do you see what kind of destruction happens when we favor a child? I think that Jacob probably thought that he was doing Joseph a favor, but it was Jacob. Jacob was probably the one that received most out of Joseph wearing that. He looked at Joseph as his crown, as his trophy. Him dressing him up like he did. They hated Joseph, it's harmful to show children favoritism. We're not even thinking of the child, but only ourselves. 
Joseph's coat of many colors did more for Jacob than it did Joseph. Being partial is not a sign of love, but a demonstration of our own weakness. Which we also pass on to our children. The future governor of Egypt and God's man to preserve the seed of Abraham was off to a bad start. Anybody here ever had a bad break? You feel like you've just had it bad and you know what, man, nothing can go right. Woe is me. Things aren't looking good. You know, we've had a bad start. We've got poor psychological or sociological uh, beginnings. Maybe our parents are divorced. Maybe we can look back at our childhood and say, I've never had a good break. You know, all we've seen about Joseph so far was a blueprint that spells out trouble for the rest of his life. But there was also something at work in Joseph's life that was wonderful and positive, and it was a gift given to him by God. One of the keys to understanding Joseph is provided in Acts chapter 7, verse 9. It says, and I don't have this to put up. It says that God was with him. God was with him. If God is with us, there is no impediment, no personality defect, no problem about class or background that can stand in the way of him making you an instrument for his kingdom. He knows what you've got. He knows what you've got. And he can shape your life. God gave him dreams, which may not sound like a lot. May not say it sound very impressive. Whoever would have thought that a gift like that could mean so much. God has given each of you something that nobody else can do because God made you different. We're all we are all different from everyone else and affirming the gift that God has given us is one way that we can glorify God. Learning to affirm and to flow in that gift is one way that we glorify God. Events happen in Joseph's life that would reveal this gift, this dreaming which apparently would include the interpretation of dreams. And through this, not only saved his life, but saved his family. But Joseph made a mistake. He told his dreams to his brother, his brothers, and they hated him. He got them together when they could do nothing but listen. Do you ever get anybody in, in a closed captive audience? They can't escape. You got them cornered. They can't get away. And here goes Joseph. Genesis chapter 37, verse 6. He said to them, listen. He said to them, wait a minute. What, what a, listen to this dream I had. Verse 7, we were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Wasn't the smartest thing to say. It didn't take the Holy Spirit to interpret it. You didn't need a gift to interpret that. They got it right away. It is possible to abuse the gifts that God has given us. It's sometimes been said that a man's genius is also his downfall. Have you ever heard that? I can tell you that my strengths are my weaknesses many times. And Joseph, by abusing this gift, was alienated by his brothers even more. And at that stage, Joseph had now made three mistakes. Number one, he was a tattletale. 
Number two, he had flaunted his coat of many colors. And three, he abused the gift that God had given him. Joseph should have kept the contents of his dream to himself. Maybe God has revealed something to us. And sometimes we, and let me tell you, I I have done this. We have a selfish need sometimes to say it at the wrong time. Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever said something and wish they hadn't? Said something that God had said, and it might have just been for you. Some, you know, it, it's tricky. It's really not. Uh, let's keep on going. I want you to see this. We should ask ourselves, why do we want to tell this? Is it to make people admire us? God will exalt us in due time. We don't have to tell anybody. Remember this. If we have made a mistake and God really hasn't shown us something, we'll be glad we kept our mouths shut. I can tell you so many times I have been very thankful that I didn't speak. It's scriptural. (laughs) Be quiet and listen. That's something that's something I've been taught over my life. Talk less, listen more. Very wise. We'll be glad we kept quiet. It'll save us from being embarrassed later. The fact that we have a gift from God does not guarantee that we'll have the wisdom to use common sense to use it. Joseph told the dream, and it did not take a dream expert to give the interpretation. What did why did the boys respond? Genesis 37, chapter 8. 37, verse 8. Did you intend to reign over us? Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? This isn't a question. They're being sarcastic. What do you, who do you think you are? You're younger brother. Shut up and go paint your fingernails. You know, he, he wasn't out working like the other boys are. I'm not saying he, don't, don't get the wrong picture. I'm not saying he's homosexual. I'm just saying, go trim your fingernails. <laughs> anyway. Um, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? They hated him even more. It didn't do his brothers one bit of good to be told this dream. Flaunting the gift comes from a desire to be admired. But the result is always opposite. It makes people positively dislike us. Joseph wasn't quite ready to be used by God. His gift was in good shape, but he wasn't. Many of us think we're ready because the gift is starting to flow in us. But God knows better. God had a plan for Joseph and his people. Do we have a gift Have we abused it? Make sure that we have given ourselves completely to God. You know what? We have got, when when the Lord starts to flow through us, things want to rise up in us and us think that we're something. We have got to fight with everything we have to keep ourselves humble and below the authority of God. You know, Moses, Moses I, in, in my in my opinion, and I'm not God, let me tell you, I, and I'm sure my opinion is wrong, but I, I feel like that Moses striking the rock didn't seem like that that big of a deal, but it did to God. He abused what he had said. God still honored him through his gift, and the water poured out of the rock, even though Moses did it wrong. 
But Moses paid a huge price for doing it wrong. God wants us to come under his authority and to flow correctly the way he wants you to operate in that gift. And I want to encourage you. Don't let this just be a story I'm telling. You have a gift. God wants to flow through you as mighty as he flowed through Joseph. Amen? The only way our God, our gift can be used is, and be of value is for it to be sanctified and in the hands of Jesus Christ. When we give our lives utterly to God, even the silly mistakes that we make will turn out good. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. The most stupid things that we've done somehow turn out right. God does that. When Joseph needed preparation and polishing, look at Acts 14, 22. It says, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. First Peter 5, verse 10 says, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Psalm 138.8 says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. I once read of a uh, uh, someone t did an interview of a sculptor that was sculpting a horse and came to him and, and you know, he, he sculpted him from this big uh, block of marble. And somebody came along and said, how are you going to do that? How are you going to make a horse out of that? He said, it's simple. I just start chipping away and I chip away anything that doesn't look like a horse. And so it is with us. We're this big block of clay and the Lord starts chipping us into what he desires. And sometimes that chipping isn't comfortable. How many knows that having to change your personality and your character sometimes hurts? But it doesn't say we're going to suffer forever. A little suffering. And then he comes to our rescue. You think that Joseph would have kept his mouth shut now. You think he would have got it. Don't you? After seeing how he reacted, what happens? He has another dream. And he goes and runs and tells it again. You know, I think it just identifies, God, I'm not ready yet. Still not ready. Let me go tell everybody what you've said again. Have another dream. Why hadn't he learned? The answer is that he had not been truly corrected yet. The reason God lets us suffer is to chip away what's not like Jesus. Otherwise, we'll keep on making the same mistakes. How many of you have said, why do I keep doing that? Many times it's because we have not fully submitted ourselves to God's refining fires. This is why it says in James, count it all joy when, suffer, when uh, various trials come. How hard is that? Can I suggest to you that the next time a trial comes, rather than battling it out or trying to be rid of it or grumble the whole time, accept it. See what God does. Otherwise, we will be going around that block again. Praise God. He doesn't pass. He doesn't let us pass the first grade if we didn't make the grades for it. We've got to get past it to get to the next thing. And why did God keep giving Joseph these dreams? Wouldn't you kind of think, okay, Joseph, you don't get that anymore. No more. You've ruined it. You know what scripture says in Romans eleven twenty nine? It says the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. The NIV says 
that it's irrevocable. That's, that's deep. What does that mean? That God gives us a gift and we can keep on using it because God doesn't take it away. The gifts and the call are irrevocable. Yet the continued use of a gift does not imply that everything else about us is right. The, the gift God gives us is like the salvation he gives us. He doesn't take it away. It's irrevocable. So here's Joseph, this gift in operation, and he's repeating the same mistakes. But look what he does next. He takes it another step farther. And he doesn't just tell his brothers. He tells dad. And he's telling the dad that likes him the most. Right? Joseph knows. He's not, he's not a fool. He knows he likes him better than his brothers. Don't you think every now and then he'd think, wait a minute, I have a coat none of them do. Don't you think he's got it? You think he's so arrogant he doesn't see it? No, I mean, he, he was a smart. He was smart. We see that his training as a child prepared him for what he was about to do in Egypt. Right? Would we agree he was smart? Pharaoh and Potiphar saw wisdom in him. Why else would he be elevated? I think he was a smart man. But look at Genesis 37.10. I'm out of time. You know what? I'm close. All right. Everybody buckle in. I'm going to go fast. It says, will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? It's not a question. Jacob doesn't like it either. Although Joseph went too far by revealing uh, these great things to those who couldn't handle them, it's still obvious that God's spirit was at work. It's too easy to say that unless everything goes right, God's not in it. Sometimes we mess it up, but God's still in it. How many of you has the Lord told you to do something and you failed the first time? I've said this a thousand times as Christians, we quit. We must have missed God. No, you know, I was hearing today, I was hearing a, a guy speak. I was listening to a, a, a pastor speak today and he said, American Express has 20 different ways of coming after you to get you to take their card. They don't take the first rejection. They have 20 different approaches after you. This pastor was talking about how we give up. We, we try to, we, we, we give the gospel to a, to a friend and they shoot us down and we never try them again. How many knows that if you fish, that doesn't work? If all you did was cast your, your uh, line one time and if you don't catch anything, you're going home, you will never catch a fish. It may be the 50th time and you finally catch one. But they're saying, you know, the world will keep after you until they get you. If, if things don't go exactly right, it doesn't mean you missed God. Joseph went too far, but who can deny the authentic work that was set in operation for him? But Joseph had no idea he was going to offend his father. He thought his father would be glad for him. Well, hallelujah, let me just bow down to you. I mean, try to get Joseph's perspective. He's thinking, my brothers didn't like it, but daddy will like it. Right? And daddy didn't like it. He thought Joseph. He thought, he thought Jacob would say, well done, Joseph. All right. Joseph was beginning the process of being released from his father. It says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 36, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. 
Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or a daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Jacob, this doting father, had manipulated Joseph. Joseph was now trying to show Jacob indirectly that he would not be completely controlled by his dad. All of a sudden, Jacob says, I've had a dream and I'm going to be over you. And Joseph rebukes him. I mean, Jacob rebukes him. But Jacob's wise. What does it say about Jacob? It says in the next verse, in 30, uh, Genesis 37, verse 11, it says that he observed the saying. What does that mean? It means he didn't like what he said, but he stayed and he chewed on it a little bit. He could see the gift. He knew that this was more than just some kid that ate, ate pizza the night before and had some weird dream. Like she, he was, can I say, dressed in Amish clothes. <laughs> Elizabeth had a dream the other day that she was doing something and she was in Amish clothing. And uh, Anyway, I don't know what she ate the night before, but I couldn't find the spiritual part. Couldn't find what was spiritual about that. I guess... Amish is spiritual, but I couldn't follow it. Amen. Okay. But what it, what it says in the NIV, it says his father kept this matter in mind. Something that I try pretty hard to do is you, people come in and bring criticism sometimes. And I don't always handle it right. I don't always say I'll do what's, what's being asked. But every time you leave, I'll pray and I'll stop, I'll stop for a minute and try to, even at, at the moment that you say it, is there truth to it? Is that really a problem? Because I don't want to be a fool. When people bring criticism to you, don't be a fool and just to think I'm perfect and I'm not changing. Nope, stop for a minute. And Joseph stopped and said, wait a minute. And it says that he kept it in mind. It means that he knew in his heart that there was something to Joseph's dream. Joseph is what we call a type of Christ. One who makes you think of Jesus long before he ever came. And we're going to see this often as I preach this, this message. Joseph was a type of Christ, but Jesus, Jesus never sinned. Jacob loved Joseph and God loved his son. But God loves his son perfectly and with a love. That which we too are loved by God. It says in John 3, 16, and we all know it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Joseph was a product of his father. And Jesus was a product of his father. Jesus was a perfect man. Jesus was God as though he were not man. And Jesus was a man as though he were not God. Jacob rebuked Joseph. What Joseph thought would please his father brought a rebuke instead. There's a parallel here in John 4, 34. It says, my food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus said that I do what the father says. What the father says is what I do. I always do those, the things that please him. But there came a moment in Jesus' life where he was more than rebuked than the, than he was more than rebuked by his father. It says in Scripture in Isaiah 53, 4, that he was smitten of God. He cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It says that he who knew no sin 
hath made him to be sin for us, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. When Jesus took on our sin, God separated. Much more than a rebuke. Do you see the two parallels between Jesus and his father? Um, Jesus and his God, the father and Jacob and Joseph. We're told that Jacob gave Joseph a robe of many colors. God wants to clothe you with his robe of righteousness. You know, it's not by mistake that he wore that robe. It is a picture of what's coming, except it's the perfect picture. Joseph's picture wasn't perfect. There were a lot of issues with it, with favoritism. Somehow in God's great mercy can show favoritism to you and to me and be completely perfect. On the cross, he was smitten of God, not just rebuked, but smitten or put to death. All our sins were charged to Jesus. God punished Jesus instead of us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I encourage you. Hang in here with me. I'm sorry I've gone long. Uh, But it's going to be good. This story of Joseph is so powerful. And uh, I just encourage you. Go along this trip with me. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you for this picture that you're painting of your love, Lord, of your power, of how you do just want to clothe us, clothe us with the robe of your righteousness. Lord, it's not anything that we can do, Lord. You just, you just provide righteousness. We are the, made the righteousness of Christ. Lord, I thank you that you love us perfectly. Where a father tries to love perfectly, an earthly father, but can't. Lord, you do. And Lord, I ask you through this story of Joseph that you would reveal truth to our life. And that we can realize that you are at work. As tough as things may be right now, Lord, you are at work. And Lord, I pray over the next few weeks that your call and your gift start to uh, manifest itself in us. And Lord, let us bring honor and glory to your name through that gift. But Lord, let us be humble and come under your authority and stay within your kingdom and your power. Let us not creep up with pride and Lord, mess things up. But I thank you that you're a redeemer. And I thank you that you're with us now. Just bless us tonight. We just ask for healing and breakthrough over those that have called in prayer requests. We just ask you, Lord, for healing over over that list and breakthrough. Thank you, Lord. We just bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great rest of the week.